0: If we listen to each other's heart, we'll find we're never too far apart. And maybe love is the reason why, for the first time ever, we're seeing it eye to eye. All right,
1: ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, that was for Koi. Uh, That was her introducing the show in an awesome fashion. I'm just blown away uh by that uh raquois i (laughs) it's funny story i of course the crafts and cosplayers co-host on the show by the way my name is will holland i'm the host of conversations about dot 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 thank you guys for joining us for another conversation and normally, of course, these are the solo shows. But sometimes, when I get a chance to, I get to interview people. And a couple of weeks ago, Craft and Cosplayer, who's a co-host on the show, she and her friend Andrea, who's a cosplayer as well, had posted up a picture of Raquel as Darkwing Duck, which okay. Darkwing Duck's one of my favorite cartoon characters ever. You know, let's get dangerous. I mean, it's just a thing. Um, I was preteen when Darkwing Duck came out. But I really enjoyed the character. I really enjoyed kind of the goofiness, the fact he was a single dad. You know, a lot of that different stuff was really cool. And so, anyway, I started kind of going down the rabbit hole. And then I saw her cosplaying as Powerline from a goofy movie. And so then I was like, okay, wait a minute. So I'm going to, you know, all this stuff. So I'm just diving in a little bit. And so then I was like, well, let me ask her if she wants to be on the show. I know she, she's probably really busy you know, doing different things and stuff, because her moniker is, and I love it, singer, songwriter, and superhero. <laughs> so, Ra'Koi, I want you to introduce yourself to the people, first of all.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Ra'Koi, singer, songwriter, superhero, and I'm super happy to be here and be part of this amazing podcast and just to, like, share share who I am and, and you know, what I do with the world. I, I've I think it's awesome. Thanks for reaching out to me and, and hey, wanting to like, talk about me.
1: <laughs> not a problem. More importantly, thank you for saying yes and being willing to, because that's the other side of it. Uh, so, Ra'Koi, I just want to start off with your origin story, so to speak. I want to kind of start off with maybe where you grew. But you know what? No. Hold on. Rewind that back. Uh, before we start off on your origin story, now, we were initially trying to set this up for a couple of weeks, but you were in Paris <laughs> <laughs> for like a week. So, I want to kind of be like... Ooh, what was Paris like? Uh, what were you doing there? What was going on? Were there any awesome sights or any awesome stories about Paris?
0: Yeah, so I was in Paris for Paris Fashion Week uh, because I have a huge fashion life as well. Um, I'm a big uh, high fashion event producer, and I work with um, a lot of different designers and models, and I do a lot of development, part, partly in hand with the superhero aspect. I love helping people. Um, And I've been blessed to be able to help build designers here in the U.S. and build models and help them, you know, uh, get the skills they need to become international superstar models and work with different stylists, hair, makeup, and just overall, like a lot of people in the fashion industry, I've been able to help. Um, Along the way and kind of in that journey it it brought me from I'm from the Maryland DC area and then I moved to Florida where I did the bulk of a lot of my fashion stuff and then I ended up uh, getting an opportunity to come back to the DC area, and then uh, started producing and doing more fashion stuff again. And then that kind of escalated and blew up in the most amazing way. And as you know, the event I created grew and grew, it actually ended up bringing me to uh, Paris fashion week. So I got the opportunity to go to Paris fashion week and kind of, you know, check out what's happening in Paris um, with fashion and just, I've never been to Europe before. This was my first time in Paris and it was amazing. Like just seeing all the amazing creatives and, you know, you know, Seeing a lot, all the people of color out there have, was really eye-opening. And just seeing how collaborative people are and just how fun and, and cool and, and just forward-thinking people are was awesome.
1: Okay. That's really cool. I think it's really neat when you get that exposure to another world and you get the chance to see it in its natural environment. You're kind of the person on the outside looking in. Yep. You know that's really neat and different now you mentioned an event that you created Tell us a little bit about that event <laughs> uh,
0: the event is called District of Fashion and it's a huge um, like a high-end fashion event but it's a huge kind of incubator for creatives. We feature and um, a lot of local designers and models and and hair and makeup um, so if you really if you want to think about it it's literally like New York Fashion Week uh, roll, okay. rolled into one event and in and it happens in downtown DC. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so it's uh, we had we started off um, with you know packing out a venue at 500, and now we just recently packed out a venue at 2,000 guests. So okay, uh, yeah, so it's been awesome. We we get a lot of press. So just being invited um, to you know a lot of the shows in Paris Fashion Week was truly a blessing. Like I'm, I, it was super unexpected and just uh, super exciting.
1: That that just sounds mind-blowing. I, I tend to say wow a lot when awesome things happen for other people <laughs> because it's neat to get a chance to hear their stories. And so you mentioned growing up in the Washington, D.C. area. Can you kind of tell us a little about the land that was the pl- birthplace and so forth of <laughs> Little Miss Ricoy and how she went from being Little Miss Requoy to eventually growing up into the Ricoy we're speaking with now? Uh, well, I
0: was born in uh, D.C., um, and raised in Maryland, so P. G. County represent. Whoop
1: whoop. Um,
0: <laughs> Got to rep the D. M. Um, v. And I've been a nerd since birth, like geek nerd, whatever you want to call it. Like you know, that was me. Uh, no one was checking for me back in the day. <laughs> I was I was as nerdy as they came. Um, not just you know with my love of anime and stuff, but I was also like a tech geek. Like you know, I used to okay. build computers and like. You know, I would be in my room like recording song, writing songs and recording them on my little, little uh, tape player. And then like also like drawing anime and like uh, then tinkering around with computer stuff. I built I built a computer game like I was just total nerd. Um, Sailor Moon is my life. Uh, You know, that that kind of I truly believe Sailor Moon helped build me into this awesome amazing person that I am today. And okay. and the other Moonies, they get it. They understand. Um mm-hmm. they're my people. <laughs> but um <laughs> but yeah, growing up in the DC area, um, for me it was just a little rough, you know, just now nah, there weren't at least the places I grew up in, there weren't a lot of other people like me. So I was mm-hmm. the kind of oddball out. Um I was, you know, kind of that person where You know, people just didn't kind of know what to think about me or kind of what to do with me. So, you know, I I, I was made fun of sometimes, you know, it was just Mm -hmm. a little rough. Uh, But, hey, that's it's it's what happened. You know, I grew up, I built some thick skin and, um, you know, just I never stopped being myself. And, you know, I think as I grew up and grew older, I just came more into my own and just, you know, loved who I am and the things I was into more and more, which you know, Mm -hmm. definitely brought me back into cosplaying and, you know, just kind of having that, you know, just just waking up one day and you're just like I just want to just do me and not care about what anyone thinks and I'm going to do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, makes sense. I know uh, growing up for me it was weird because my brother and I were into a lot of the same geeky stuff. And so, like, there'd be moments where we would, like, we would, if no one else was talking about gar- that particular episode of Gargoyles we watched, we were talking about it. So that's all that mattered. But then as time went on and I got older, I would start meeting other people. And they were like, hey, man, I just found this thing called Gargoyles on DVD. I wonder if I should watch it. And I'm just like, yes, you should totally do that. <laughs> so totally do that. And we should still talk about it afterwards. And they're just like, how do you know about gar-? I've been watching the show since it was out. I watched the original movie on VHS. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, they're just like, Oh, wow, you were hip. He might be up you
0: were hip, definitely
1: hip, yeah. and so ahead of the curve in a lot of ways um so let yeah, you mentioned Sailor Moon, and of course, you know your 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 mantra that on top of being a singer, songwriter, superhero, obviously you punish people by the power of the moon, <laughs>
0: right.
1: so I had a little bit of experience with Sailor Moon growing mm-hmm. up, and then I had a a little kid that I kind of grew to love like a brother. And I remember he came up to me the first day he came up to me and I was drawing because I, I do a lot of drawing myself. And so he was, I was drawing, he was like, hey, can you draw Sailor Moon? I was like, hang on a second, let me see what I can do. So I started drawing Sailor Moon for him. And you would have thought that I had just given him a $1,000. Oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> I
1: drawing it and then I just handed him the picture. And he was like, wait, you're giving this to me? I was like, well, yeah, you wanted me to draw this. I assume you like her. I was going to give it to you. And so his mom came up and hugged me afterwards. It's like, oh my gosh, you just made this day. You just made this month.
0: Aw. You
1: know? And so, you know, we were like brothers. Of course, he's like in his 20s now and married and, you know, got a couple of kids and stuff. So it's just interesting. But every so often on Facebook, we chat and he'll be like, I still had that picture of Shayla Moon you drew me when I was like six. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow.
0: I mean, you know, it's. Sailor Moon just it it just crosses all all age groups, all genres, all creeds of people. It's just that dope. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my first real big anime exposure growing up uh, was probably, of course, stuff like you know Robotech and Transformers. Even though I didn't really know what anime was, right. I really didn't understand what anime was until Akira came out in theaters. It's hard explaining it Akira to a bunch of people who don't know what it is. It's just like, and then this guy's arm just starts mutating, and all of a sudden it spreads across the whole entire Japan, and you know, a nuclear bomb goes off, and it's just like, what are you watching?
0: I think that <laughs> I think that was back in the era when we when like we could watch anime and all the crazy gruesome stuff and like just no one knew what it was so there's like right. you know the parents are just like oh it's a cartoon yeah okay sure you can watch it meanwhile we're just like oh yes <laughs> i know it's about to happen <laughs> like lit yeah.
1: okay. ghost in a shell you see the moment where you're, she's just she's jumping off the building and you're just like wait a minute there's no clothing there and then my mother's just sitting there going and now we're leaving <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, anime was definitely like, um, it's, it's, I love that it's so much more accessible now. But like, mm-hmm. you know, when I was growing up, it, it, what, it was what was on, you know, certain TV channels, that was it. That was all we had access to, you know, until mm-hmm. like, you know, the internet and stuff and GeoCities and like other mm-hmm. websites, you know, people sharing their own fandoms of stuff. Um, And, of course, the comic book shops used to sell, like, manga and stuff, which was great. But then I had to, like, you know, that was, hey, can you take me to the comic book store? No. Oh, all right. Well, maybe next week. (laughs) So I had to wait so I I could go to the comic book store.
1: Can I get a ride in while y'all are going into town for something else? Can y'all just, like, drop me off? It's like you're 12. Right. No. Can you just leave
0: me here for an hour or two? I'll be fine. (laughs)
1: You know, the crazy part is, like, I can go into a Barnes & Noble and do the same thing, but it's not the same feeling. Like, I can go geek out with a bunch of trade paperbacks and stuff, but it's not the same thing as when you've got that collective group of people who are kind of geeking out about some of the same stuff you're geeking out about.
0: Yeah, I didn't have a group so, of people to really put me on to new stuff. So, like, it mm-hmm. was only kind of what I found, you know, like, like I was, you know, big on Ronin Warriors and, and you know, reboot Toonami, you know. Thank you, Toonami. Mm-hmm. Um, but just other shows like, you know, wake up six o'clock in the morning. I'm watching Mario Brothers. And then, you know, Sailor Moon. That was like back when like Sailor Moon came on. Was not on. It wasn't on Toonami yet. It was on these other obscure yeah. channels.
1: The early morning channel where like you'd eat, eat, be watching it while you're eating toast trying to get ready for school. Right, food.
0: right. Or, like, maybe someone's <laughs> older cousin or, or brother, like, had a DVD lying around, and it was just like, or not a DVD, I'm sorry, VHS. <laughs> VHS. Yeah. that
1: a bootleg VHS that they found at a con somewhere right. of all the Sailor Moon that had been done in, like, dub or sub. Or, like, I, really I, I remember seeing doing Project Ako at, like, when I was, yeah.
0: like, how old was I? I don't know. I had to have been, like, seven Lights. or something. <laughs> okay.
1: I remember Project Angels. And I was like, this is
0: not for kids.
1: (laughs) Right. Not at all. It's like Blue Seed was one of the first ones that I really watched and understood what anime was. And again, it's one of those anime where it's not super gross or super violent, but it's just a lot of like eco-terroristic stuff where like everybody's trying to control different pieces of the environment and battle people. This is like with these little beads on their head beads on their hands that are like shaped like yin and yang symbols that connect to each other yeah. and so it's just like they're really saying a lot more in this cartoon than I'm supposed to be feeling like this cartoon is saying
0: right like do you remember Escalone? You know. like Escaflowne, yes so many shows I'm just like oh where did they go come back
1: Escalone, uh, another one of my big favorites was Trigun because I was like, this guy is a bumbling weirdo. Who everybody's chasing after I didn't, him, I didn't and didn't then appreciate it's like a new- back in the
0: day. I rewatched it, and okay. like, I have a new appreciation for it.
1: You go through this whole thing where he's like, he's kind of a bumbling idiot. Why are they all after him? What's going? And then about halfway through the through the episodes, it's like it was like one episode they kind of turn this hard right turn. This is like, oh, that's why they're after this dude.
0: He's such like, such he a good really- soul.
1: Yeah, he doesn't want to be the violent person that he is. Like it's definitely kind of a talk about um your your desire to do good in spite of your programming. Right you know, kind of that nurture versus nature thing. It's like, okay, well, I understand there are aliens that are supposed to want to destroy everybody, but he doesn't necessarily want to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and so it's really neat. Yeah, I definitely. Fully Cooly is another one that I think I watched the first time on Tsunami and missed half of the whole point. And then I found the DVD at a con for like three bucks of the whole series. So I went back and watched it again. I was just like, oh, that's what this was about. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so, yeah, it, it's definitely an interesting journey on. So you mentioned you like to draw as well. Yeah.
0: I, um, I mean, what kind of
1: stuff do you enjoy drawing? I'm
0: not that great at drawing anymore. I like I, I kind of like beat myself about it up about it sometimes because I'm like, you know, I kind of stopped drawing um, after college. Uh, it just it just kind of, you know, just died out. But, yeah, I used to draw. I still have all my sketchbooks and all my um art projects like I literally used to get those big thick sketchbooks from Barnes and Noble and like Mm -hmm. fill them up like I would be just drawing everything from anime or different dreams I had and all like it was just you know random sketches Um, and then sometimes Mm -hmm. like I would draw like in fabric paint like on people's jackets and stuff and their clothes and you know I used to do arts and craftsy stuff like that
1: okay so you are very much DIY before DIY. was a Right.
0: Thing. I used to make my own stickers and like, oh, my gosh, if I had YouTube back then, man, I would be so paid.
1: <laughs> She's just like, I would have got in on the ground floor. <laughs> right. And when they started paying people, I'd have been like, I was already at the point of hiring subscribers, man. I've been doing this. I've been grinding. <laughs> right. <laughs> before everybody knew what grinding was. I'm just a creative. So. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, That's something that I was talking to Candace Blue a while back, and she's been doing a lot of writing and things growing up. And She and I went to high school together, and it was one of the things we talked about was creatives have to create. It's kind of part of who we are. Like, we go crazy if we just sit back and – we go to our 9-to-5, but we're never doing anything outside of that,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: Like, the dream is to bit paid for what we love doing, but not everybody's at that point yet. Sometimes that grind takes a little bit longer. Sometimes you just go, you, you know? So, but anyway, we're gonna go ahead and, oh, okay, you mentioned anime, so you mentioned Sailor Moon. Are there other, like, cartoons, any other things, you know, any other type of manga specifically that you geeked out Um,
0: to? Yeah, well, I I mean, I, mean I have a few favorites. I mean, Sailor Moon's definitely just a favorite from just life. Um, but I love Hunter mm. Hunter, uh, Naruto. Um, I'm really big on My Hero Academia right now. Like, it's just it just fuels the the, the inner superhero in all of us. Um, I'm definitely more drawn to to kind of superhero esque um, fandom mm-hmm. and just. You know, the plots and the storylines, the magical girls and just uh, just a lot of feel good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a I, I think I'm a pretty emotional person. So anything that gets me in the feels, I'm all for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, I was watching My Hero Academia not too long ago. Again, are the parts I've got to because I think I think they just now I, I'm not a big fan of, of uh. Subbed works. I more tend to wait till the dub version comes out. And so that's just me. Well, you know, of course, Midoriya, when he's training with All Might and really just going out there and going for broke, trying to get his body ready for all for one. He hasn't even gotten it yet, but like he's working really hard. He's showing up every day and he's doing the weights, he's doing the running, he's doing all this stuff. He's just kind of standing there after like a month or so, however long he works. He's just sweating, and he's just sitting there, and all my it's just like, he wanted to be a hero so bad, he's willing to put himself through all of this, and had he didn't even have the power to back up the spirit he already has in him. That's what makes him a hero. And it's just like, I'm just balling. I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's such a point of life. It's like sometimes we're preparing for the thing that we won't need. To, you know, I know Lizzo asked the question in her song. You know, why are men great till they gotta be
0: great? Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs>
1: But I'm just like, maybe what we're working, and this is, I guess, the difference between being men and boys. It's like, you I have to understand the part of the process to being great is doing the work to get there. It's the preparation. You know, you have to be willing to go through the fire to become the gold. You know, you can't go through it unless you go through the purification. Mm-hmm. You know, greatness isn't something that's going to be handed to you. You got to go out and make it happen. So with Midoriya in that case is very much parallel to that. And so when I was watching, I was ball. I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I want to be, I want to continue to work harder." So that way, when it's my time to shine, when you know I'm ready for it, you yeah. know, because my pastor used to always say the worst thing you can do is God is for God to be ready to give you something and you not be ready to receive it when He's ready to give it. You're right. So I was just like, "Wow." So yeah, that really spoke. That <laughs> definitely spoke to me on that level. So there's a little tidbit for you there, guys. Uh, so so, anyways, so we're going to go ahead. And, <laughs> oh, so many life lessons, indeed. I mean, everything from, you know, Naruto teaching us not to give up, you know, to the idea of Midoriya showing you that you have to put in the work before you get the process. I mean, even if it does involve eating hair, <laughs> uh, you still have to put in work uh, because otherwise his body wouldn't have been ready right. for it. You know, his body literally wouldn't have been ready for it. Or defending those that you love, protecting those things that are important to you. You know, being willing to fight for what's right, even when other people may or may not be there with you to for that Yeah,
0: fight. I mean, so. this, this idea or the, the real depth behind love and friendship and, you know, doing the right thing and just being an overall good person and, and how being a good person can be, can have a lot of different interpretations um, that you have a lot of, good and bad and ups and downs in life you know like you you know people experience Mm -hmm. death people experience heartache people experience joy pain you know all sorts of things and just just the way anime kind of uh translates these these things that happen in life and and how they how you know the anime animations and and the manga and the way things are written just can kind of help you help just people cope and help people have a different understanding than what the world is kind of trying to throw at us. I I'm just so in love with Mm -hmm.
1: it. Definitely. I'm a little bit East meets West because my first initial exposure was primarily American comic books. So I didn't really get into anime and manga until later in life, but like I just picked up a, a creator owned, uh, comic series called Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Oh
0: I heard about that I saw the artwork for that, that it looks lit
1: and uh, I will say I haven't got a chance to crack into it yet because I just literally got it in the mail today so at some point this evening I'm going to crack into that and uh, it may end up being a referral I usually every week during the Sunday shows we do we always do like a, a suggestion or a referral of things you should people should be checking out yeah. So I'm, I would definitely want to talk about it once I get done reading it because I think and it's interesting too because one of the things that the author was talking about was that apparently in real life Harriet Tubman dealt with narcolepsy Oh wow! and so that's actually going to be in the story that she's going to have to deal with that in spite of the fact that she's slaying demons
0: that's crazy <laughs> you
1: know? so that she has to deal with an actual real life illness while dealing with that I had a teacher in high school who dealt with narcolepsy even So she would have to kind of deal with that struggle and the school had to learn how to work around it because it's like, you know, a legitimate thing, you know, you know, and I mean, like her son had to drive her and stuff like that because she physically couldn't be behind the wheel of a car. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but it was just interesting there. So I want to go ahead and roll out into a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the cosplay aspect of your wonderful stuff that you do and uh so i want to definitely come back to that and let you talk about your love of cosplay how that developed your favorite cosplays favorite con stories all that good stuff so everybody thank you so much for rocking out with us uh please continue to do so after these messages we'll be right back and we're back raquoise has been so gracious as to give us some information on her love for sailor moon uh, love for anime and manga and different things like that, and even some stuff about Paris and, and awesome stuff she's been doing with fashion. So, I want to talk to her more about the cosplay aspect of her world because, as I said at the beginning of this, you know, this is how I found out who this person was. Because, like, Darkwing Duck? What? Let's
0: get this is dangerous. awesome. I, there
1: you go. It's like, I never thought I needed to see a live action version of Darkwing Duck with her playing Darkwing Duck until I saw that, you know. So of course I don't know who Launchpad is. I don't really care. We'll figure that out. But look, I'll I'll be willing to play I'll be willing to play um, you know, Launchpad the (laughs) Whack Crash of Planes. Right. So tell us a little bit about your love for cosplay. Or as much as you want to tell us about your love for cosplay and love dressing
0: up. Like I just love it. It's so much fun. I love transforming into You know, different people, characters, you know, whether they're a person or a duck. Like, uh, and, you know, I did my first cosplay when I was in senior year of high school. My first con was Otakon, And I heard about it and I was like, I want to go. I want to do this. And I found out that people cosplay. So I knew nothing about sewing anything at all. But I was so determined to go to my first con in full cosplay. So I went to Walmart okay. and got the cheapest of the cheap fabric you could possibly think of, bought some needle and thread, mm-hmm. and I hand-sewed a Sailor Moon uh, cosplay. And
1: Okay, wait, rewind that back. Did you say I you hand- ha- I hand-sewed sewed? everything,
0: the skirt, the, the – uh, I actually had a leotard because I used to dance. So I had a leotard in a closet somewhere. So I, I sew, okay. hand-sewed a skirt, the bows. The hair accessory, everything like it was. I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. But really, if I had to judge, if I was totally judging my myself now, years later, it was a hot mess. <laughs> but I was so happy to wear um, this this outfit. I was so proud of, and I went to the con. I went to Otakon yeah. and had an. I had a good time. I mean, it was. A little nerve-wracking because it was my first con ever. I went by myself and I cosplayed for the first time. Um, but, it, you know, I ended up meeting a, some random people and I hung out with them, you know, uh, while I was there. And I had a good time. I actually ended up running into a, a guy I went to high school with and who was there with his girlfriend. And that was, like, both embarrassing but also, like, hey, you're a nerd too. Dope. All right.
1: You're into some of the stuff right. I like. Yeah, I
0: mean cool. we're still friends <laughs> to this day, which is so crazy. But um, but yeah, awesome. but, um, you know, then then uh, after that, I went to college and um, I started you know work. I started doing music and modeling and doing a, a bunch of other things, which you know feel the even fueled the love more for dressing up and being in costume and doing all this cool show show like stuff. Um. And I actually worked at Megacon for a couple years in Orlando. um, Which was, and I didn't get to cosplay there because I was working. But um, I didn't really, my cosplaying kind of halted uh, for a couple years. Because just, Mm -hmm. I was just in a different space. And, you know, I kind of wasn't really able to go to cons and things like that. So it wasn't until I actually ended up moving back the dc area um i mean of course halloween for me halloween is a little different like halloween like i would always find or make some dope costume uh because i just loved halloween so to me i consider cosplaying and halloween a little different uh and i don't really know how to articulate how i feel it's different it's just it's just a thing like i know a lot of other cosplayers who are like you know halloween's one thing cosplaying is cosplaying at cons is completely different from, you know, Halloween. But uh, so I don't really consider it the same thing. But when I relocated back to the DC area, um, and kind of got out of a pretty toxic relationship, I was like, you know what, this is the time I need to be doing what I want to do. I need to just enjoy being myself and just embrace the things that I love. And one of them was cosplay. I said, you know what, I want to start cosplaying again. And you know, what better way than to start with my favorite uh, you know, character, which is Sailor Moon. So, I I bought a sewing machine, uh, bought new fabric, all new fabric, and I started like, I, I mean, I still to this day have never taken a sewing lesson, and I sewed my entire Sailor Moon cosplay. And uh, it, it, it's, like, I get so many compliments on it. People love the fabric choice that I use. They love the bright colors. The, I, I, mm-hmm. I was a beast at these pleats. <laughs> I was so proud of these. Pleats. All right. Um, and I still wear the cos- i still wear the cosplay today. But it—it it just kind mm-hmm. of like you know my f- very first cosplay was that Sailor Moon cosplay back at Oticon years and years ago. And then you know when I—I I started you know kind of reintroduced myself to myself, uh, I decided to go with Sailor Moon again and redo um a new sailor moon cosplay and i just loved it like i even i even handmade my shoes like i sewed my shoes the boots oh wow um and you know the way i did the hair i wanted the sailor moon to be a real interpretation of me as sailor moon so um i'm not sure if you've seen Mm -hmm. my sailor moon photos but like i use you know kind of you know my color hair which is like a dark brown black um Right. I just made it more kind of natural, like, you know, just Rakoy, I say, oh, mm-hmm. um, and then from there, um, I just started kind of just choosing characters that I kind of resonated with in some way, kind of fell in love with, like, I, I watched Bleach and fell in love with Bleach, and I have a Nell cosplay, um, and I actually I actually, nice. um, handmade the the skull mask she has out of clay. Uh, and painted it. Ooh. And oh, that was a mistake. It's so heavy.
1: I have to say, clay is a Look, heavy I know, thing. I, I know. I'm just
0: I, do, I, I just do, I, I have an idea and I'm just right. like, I want to do this. I love it. And then I'll do it. And then, you know, later I'm like, oh crap, why did I make this out of this material? Like, this probably wasn't the best, but it came out looking dope. So we'll figure it out.
1: Trial and error <laughs> is okay, it's a part of the right. process. <laughs> you know, in a world where now we have, you know, 3D printers that can 3D print these really light versions of a lot of masks and different right. things like that. See, now you have something to look forward to I for mean, future I mean, definitely.
0: Stuff. And, you know, my mask is sitting on a mantle right now because it's 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 literally like art now. Um, but then, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I grew from that and I've always loved a goofy movie. Always loved a goofy movie. Loved Powerline, Tevin Campbell, just Everything and it was so funny because I had talked to a friend of mine about it. I was like, you know what? I really want to do a Powerline cosplay and one day I'm gonna do it. And I just never did it. And then, you know, I, and then I just got to the point where I was just like, you know what? I'm a couple cosplays in. I, I have Sailor Moon, I, I did Storm because I love Storm. I did a lot
1: of Storm, is one of the favorite, one of my favorite. Yeah, I did, ever. I did
0: Storm at Awesome Con and like, you know, made, made handmade the whole thing and you know, had the contacts and. It, it was, I loved it. Um, and then, you know, as I was kind of doing more and more cosplays, I was like, you know what? It's time. Let me do Powerline. I said, I don't care if no one recognizes it. I don't care if no one, you know, like, is is hit with it. Like, this is a character I love, and I'm going to do it. So I made my Powerline cosplay, and I wore it for the first time at KatsuCon. Uh Was it KatsuCon? Mm-hmm. Uh last year yeah and, and I remember packing it up and I was just like okay well you know either people will know who I am or they won't know who I am and I don't care because I All know right. who I am and I'm going to run through the halls of this con with my speaker on my back blasting eye to eye on repeat and that's exactly what I did I literally had a <laughs> Bluetooth speaker tie like that hooked on to the back of my belt and I had it on loud and eye to eye was playing on repeat and I was literally just running through Katsu just like you know, if we listen to each other's heart, just see. And then I started people. You know, people were like, "Oh my gosh, it's Powerline!" I'm like, "What? You know who I am? Yep. That's awesome."
1: <laughs> so, did you ever have anybody yell out, "Do oh, the perfect oh, cash Every
0: time <laughs> someone yelled it out, I did it in, in in my in my four inch sparkly boots that I wear. So, I my, oh my, my thing is my sparkly boots, Powerline. But yeah, I did it every time because, you know, it's fun and it's it's part of the culture. So um, it, yeah. it, 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 it's not easy in heels, but I did it every time. <laughs> yeah,
1: we talk about feelings earlier and, you know, every time there's that moment where, you know, they crashed the car and the cars in the lake and they're, rod- they're washing toward that uh, waterfall. And there's that moment where Max is like, you're ruining everything, dad. You don't understand my life. And Goofy's like, "Well, son, I'm just trying to. I know you're growing up. I know you're getting older, but I just want to be a part of whatever your life that is really now." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, Goofy, no! I am not. Why can I not see clearly? What's going on with me? Why are we... Why is there water coming out of my eyeballs right now? No, Goofy." You, I'm supposed to laugh and you're supposed to be like yuck yucking me right now. I'm not supposed to be in my feelings watching a goofy movie.
0: Um all the <laughs> look, the feels the feels just happen, you know? And sometimes we don't catch the feels um when you know, things first come out when we're younger and stuff, but then it just hits differently when you're older. Yeah. Like I mean in, right. in school less- That's kind of what brought me a little bit to Darkwing Duck. Like, I've always loved Darkwing Duck. Like, I'm a, you know, I'm a big music person. So, for me, like, you know, Mm -hmm. eye to eye, Tevin Campbell, the whole soundtrack to a Goofy movie is is hella lit. Um, And then, for me, Darkwing Duck, like, it was always that, you know, song, Darkwing Duck, boom, let's get dangerous. Darkwing Duck. So, I, like, a lot of those 90s shows had the best intros. Um, and so I, I'm a big, I was a big fan of the show and, you know, after I did Powerline and I was like, you know, I really want to do Darkwing Duck one day. Um, I was like, I think I might, you know, that that might be my, that, I might be ready for it for 2020. Cause you know, as I'm making all these cosplays, you know, not being formally trained or anything, I'm just kind of figuring it out along the way. Like, you know, I'll, I've messed up plenty right. of stuff and had to redo stuff over and over again. But with Darkwing Duck, like, you know, just my own personal style, and how I am, you know, as a singer, whether I'm on stage and stuff or just in in normal life, I was like, you know what? I want to make this Darkwing Duck my own rendition. So um, I had to find the right materials. And I'm pretty dramatic. So I'd, I had to find the biggest hat I could find.
1: <laughs> yeah, that hat. That hat. I'm going to tell you right now, every time I saw the different pictures with the hat, I was like, did you? W- did- w- did- I'm like that hat is perfect. So I
0: actually quite a few messages In that regard asking me about the hat and you know I'm I'm more than happy to share the information like I found the hat online on Amazon and it's it's a huge oversized uh-huh. witch hat that I like altered like I, I sewed I took you know disassembled it and sewed um, the top part down to kind of fit the way I wanted it to fit and look the way I want it to look Right, um, and then I sewed on the, the purple band. Um, and then I, from, you know, for Darkwing Duck, like I know he usually wears the big trench coat, but I'm like, that's not my style. You know, I'm more like the form fitting kind of girl. So I sewed the lapels and everything and, you know, found these buttons online and, um, and, and kind of made a, a makeshift kind of tuxedo looking, uh, overcoat leotard thing. To mm-hmm. kind of go with it, and I made I made the cape, um, and kind of mixed mixed a couple of different fabrics together, um, and then you know, right. As for my boots, I actually have two options. I actually had two options for my boots. So the first, this was the first time I debuted the cosplay because I was just like, oh, you know, let me let me not go over the top, you know, let me let me just stop here. <laughs> so I had um, some gold boots, gold diamond boots from because I, I do shows. Obviously, I'm a singer, so I have like sparkly things. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Why well, did sparkly boots power line? Let me do sparkly boots, Darkwing Duck." So I have those boots, but I also have uh, another pair of. So I've been working on these yellow boots that kind of look like web feet. So I'm ho- I'm hoping to mm-hmm. finish those and then wear, um, you know, bring Darkwing Duck to like Awesome Con or something or you know an, another con okay. so like I, lo- I love to like add add and kind of like you know do different iterations of my cosplay but like i didn't i didn't expect to be received so well um it was it was just truly like unexpected and it, it made me happy that i could make other people happy and like bring you know mm-hmm. just bring some ounce of nostalgia and, and you know have people kind of vibe out
1: right I don't know if you've had a chance to check out the DuckTales show that's on Disney+. I haven't because
0: I heard they were, they were, uh, they were the revamping Darkwing Duck's character and I haven't seen the new one yet.
1: Well, Yeah, they actually did a whole well, they've done a couple of episodes where basically it's Launchpad is watching the show and telling Huey, Dewey, and Louie about the show. So there's another episode where basically they are casting a new actor for the role of Darkwing Duck. And so it's kind of interesting how they play with it because in the first time you see it, you know, it's just Darkwing Duck doing his traditional, you know, I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the uh, traffic ticket that you throw away and then the cops come back and find you later or something like that. I am Darkwing Duck. And so, of course, you know, he has the whole bumbling moment where he's trying to chase after uh, some of the villains i mean it's the classic villains and which names escape me at the moment um, but it's it's you know i don't think all that I, I don't think it's there it's Oh, Negaduck. Negaduck
0: and megavolts and the uh... <laughs> and
1: yeah megavolt is there the water one is there and then the one that was in the jester's outfit oh, with a gotcha and they were there in that first clip. Well, then, in the new version, you just gotta see it, it. because the way they play it is very interesting, where it's this person that's been a fan of the show since the show was first out, and, of course, the original actor that is playing the role is still voiced by Jim Cummings, who, of course, was Winnie the Pooh and all these other different awesome Disney voices, and uh, so he's playing the role of the old-time Darkwing Duck, He's still trying to, you know, live in the spotlight, and there's just really cool things to happen. I don't want to spoil stuff, but you just,
0: okay, I'm definitely you check it, it
1: out. Um, and then apparently, we're getting Cloud Kicker and the mm-hmm. little, little Maggie from Tailspin oh. rolled up in a future in the next season of uh, Darkwing Duck. So yeah, Darkwing. I mean, not D- and, and not Darkwing Duck, but in tail, and uh, Ducktales. So, DuckTales is definitely paying it forward because they're basically bringing a lot of the characters from the Disney Afternoon into the show in different
0: ways. Oh, wow.
1: And so, there's like a point where, like, the, the, <laughs> there's one episode where they're guarding basically what is given to us as the formula to gummy berry I juice, know. but they never officially say it's for gummy berry juice, but it's the same exact formula in the show if you ever watch, watch Gummy Bears. It's a specific formula that they have to use to make gummy mm-hmm. berry juice, correct?
0: That's awesome.
1: And so they break it down to the baseline of the formula, and that's what they refer to it as. And at one point, it's like, at the end, like one of the bad guys is like, I'll find a way to make soldiers that will bounce in and out of every situation. And so that's just kind of how they yeah. end it. But it's just like, this is just so cool. So Darkwing Duck was an awesome cosplay. I appreciate the fact that you didn't try to go out and find <laughs> no, a No, mm-hmm. that's
0: not my style. <laughs>
1: You know, I appreciate that greatly because I'm sitting there looking at this. It's just so, it's so sleek and it it feels different, but it's still reminiscent of the character. It's to me when I first saw it, I thought, so this is what happens if Tosquito Mask and Darkwing Duck <laughs> kind of get together hilarious. on a fashion meeting. I didn't and think like,
0: look at that. That's awesome.
1: You know, they sit down over coffee and they're just like, so we're going to redesign this costume. We're going to put it in a merger between our two costumes. What do you Dope. Think? I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's just kind of how that works. and Yeah, because, of course, the Sailor Moon reference, that that kicked it into my head whenever you were talking about it. So you mentioned Sailor Moon uh, cosplay. You mentioned the different cosplays you've done. Have there been any awesome experiences that you've had at cons? Have you met any awesome people while you were cosplaying that you'd uh, like to yes. talk about?
0: Um, I actually got the chance to interview a um, um, a couple of different guests where were we oh it was at Otacon it was the writer for um uh-huh. my, my Neighbor Totoro um and oh super wow nice, super nice guy and I, I interviewed him in my Powerline cosplay. So that was even funnier um <laughs> I also got to interview and meet um one of the one of the screenwriters for Gundam um and funny okay. enough, I uh, spoke to him in my um, Sailor Lead Crow cosplay. And he was so excited. He was like, this is the first time I've ever been interviewed by someone in cosplay. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are you, is, is that okay? He was like, no, this is great. I mean, all in Japanese. He had a translator. Um, and, like, one of my right. best memories was I actually was um, able to sit in on a call with Stan Lee um the year he was a guest at awesome con and this was you know obviously the last uh-huh. the, the last time he was able to come you know rest in peace stanley um right. so that was exciting just to be on the phone with him um and you know as far as con experiences like i'm i'm one of those like I'm a wanderer at the cons, like I'll, I'll wander into different panels. I'll wander into different activations at the cons. Like I kind of, you know, unless there's something really on the schedule, I'm like, Oh, I have to go here. I I just like to kind of freestyle it. I love seeing, seeing the other cosplayers. Mm -hmm. I love, especially, you know, the ones where I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did this character. I love it. I'm a huge fan of the obscure characters too. So um, I just Mm -hmm. love being a fan of other people um so you know i'll be going to people wanting to take pictures they're like no i want to take a picture with you and i'm like wait no no let me take a picture with you first like i'm i'm that <laughs> level of lame, you know i'm a big fangirl for other people um so
1: the biggest fight we're having is who's going to take a picture right. who. That's, right. that's a pretty that's a pretty good to have. fight um
0: <laughs> i just love being supportive of other <laughs> cosplayers and just other nerds in general so you know i'm 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 just that smiley face kind of person just wandering around like, oh, hey, everybody, let's be friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say I'm trying to think of the episode because I actually talk about my Stan Lee story in one of my episodes uh, where I talk about getting the opportunity to meet him at a convention in Houston, oh, Texas. Wow. And um, so I, I, I I, I, I've, I debate this because every time somebody says a Stanley story, it's like, do I tell the Stanley story or do I just say, "Hey, go listen to this episode where I talk about the <laughs> Stanley story"? Um, but I'm going to tell the Stanley story. So <laughs> uh, I was cosplaying as Nick Fury. This is my first time really cosplaying. I had the benefit of getting gifted a huge black duster, leather duster and so i was like well if i'm gonna ever cosplay you know now's the time to cosplay as nick fury so i went to walmart the morning of the con picked up an eye patch. i had a pair of black military grade boots i had a pair of black slacks that i was able to roll up under the boots and i had a um I had a black t-shirt with a shield patch that i'd ironed on myself so i'm not gonna say this cosplay was nearly as um as put together as something you would do because I'm the guy that if I try to sew anything, I'm going to prick my fingers 150 times. I prick times. my fingers
0: too. It's perfectly yeah. okay.
1: So, anyway, so I went to the con and everything's going around and I mean, like, I it was such a quick decision. Like, I went out and bought, like, a plastic gun. It was, like, green and yellow and orange because I didn't have time to get spray-painted paint, spray or anything. So, Anyway, I'm walking around the con. I went to go see uh, a friend of mine at one of the gaming deals. And so as I'm coming out, this guy's yelling, Nick Fury. Well, of course, this is, you know, after Avengers 1 came out. So, like, there's a bunch of Nick Furies at the con. You It it's before Harley Quinn got popular again, and everybody was doing Harley Quinn. Uh, so, of course, you know, they're like, um, Nick Fury with the orange and green gun. I know you hear me. And I turned around. I was like, there's like eight other Nick Furies up there. How am I supposed <laughs> to know which one you're talking to? He's like, well, if somebody wants to see you in this panel, this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel, I'm like, I've never watched a show, it doesn't matter, just come in here. You trust me, you, you want to do this. And so, I was like, okay, sure, I'll go to this panel that I had no interest in going in because this random person came up to me and said, Somebody wants to see me in it, sure, okay, I'll, I'll gladly go do that because I got time. So, I went and sat down. And he was like, Okay, where are you? Okay, you're sitting there, good, yeah, that's why I need you to stay there, don't move. I'm like, okay. So sure enough, a few minutes later, comes by to get lines for questions and answers. And so he comes and finds me. He's like, so uh, so, so, you got a question? I was like, I'll come up with one between now and then. He's like, okay. And so he said, "We just get in line. It's like, okay, I'm in line. So I'm sitting there waiting. All of a sudden, somebody taps me on the back. And it's like, nice costume, bub. And I turn around, and it's Stanley. <laughs> and I am just eight again. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm shaking Stanley's hand. And so, of course, I'm like, finally pushed out the word, sir, thank you so much for creating stuff that I love. He's like, well, you Aww. keep reading it, we'll keep creating it. And he says, I got to get up on stage. I said, no problem, no problem at all. There's more to that story, but you got to listen to the podcast episodes because I don't want to stretch this one out on that. Uh, there's a whole lot more to it. But anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, it. what a storyteller. Like, that's the thing. Like everybody's always like, well, you know, Stanley didn't do it by himself. Well, he oh, never wow. said he did. Yeah. Like he never came out and said, "I drew all the stuff and wrote it." He probably wrote the stuff and then let the artist illustrate it. You know, I mean, Jack Kirby, Joe Schumer, all those different artists were all there. They were all a part of that process. But I mean, he was kind of the figurehead for it. He was the guy that was out right. I mean, selling he, the he's stuff. A creative
0: director, you know, he's you know? he he's a genius. Yeah. That- lets other people be creative through, you know, you know, the ideas that he has and I love it.
1: Yeah. And so I mean that's that's kinda a of thing. And that was awesome that you had a chance to do that. I mean that's really, really cool to 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 have those stories as well to get the chance to again be inspired by other creatives as well as being around other creatives. So question, are there any like Cosplay, like I know, like I think, I think her name is Yaya Han. That's out there, you know. She's got the different fabric deals and things like that for different cosplay patterns now, you know, that are out there that you can go just get at oh, different wow. fabric stores. Are there any like any any uh, big cosplayers that uh, you want to shout out? So are you on here,
0: I mean, the funny thing is, I'm not too familiar with all the crazy, crazy, crazy popular cosplayers. I'm one of those like oh, okay. I mean I know like you know smaller cosplayers or just you know friends that I've met along the way um, so I'm I I feel kind of bad just saying I'm not I, I'm not too familiar with everybody like I, I you know I'm just a, well, a, a, okay. a small a small cosplayer myself um, and I just I love I, I just I'm just a lover of like the kind of indie you know nature of things like I love the the I guess I'm not a, a a follower chaser. Like, I follow... Okay, you know, fair enough. ...cosplayers I follow, but if I had to kind of throw their name out there, I kind of wouldn't really know what their handle is. <laughs> um, I, I am fair inspired enough. by... Like, I follow a lot of cosplayers, whether they have 50 followers or 500,000 followers. Um, and, like, I've seen some amazing makeup oh my gosh, like the body paint and things that some of the cosplayers that I've seen online do is just insane. I love it. I wish I was that talented. Uh, the, the fabrics and the different, yeah. um, you know, just ideas people have. I mean, if, if, you know, just thinking of some of my friends, like, you know, shout out to Silver Crescent Cosplay. She does this amazing, she's been doing this for years. She did this so many years ago and it's still dope. She has this great Sailor Mercury cosplay um, with this gorgeous blue afro. Oh, wow. Super lit. Um, you know, she's just amazing, an amazing soul. Um, and then, you know, you have Cece, Cece the Geek. Uh, she, she's actually a pretty popular cosplayer. Um, but she's also a great advocate for um, POC nerds. Um, she's starting her own con now, mm-hmm. HBCU con. Um, so she's she's more so I would call her a public figure. She's just a huge advocate for just, um, you know, just people of color, nerds, blerds like across the board and and providing, a, you know, a space for for nerds of color. And, um, you know, with her being mm-hmm. someone who comes from the HBCU world, um, you know, she's creating her own kind of con geared around others who are in that HBCU circle, too. I love it.
1: It's great. Okay, that's really cool. That's really cool indeed. And um, so, yeah, we'll have to have to try to see about getting her on so she can talk about that with us on a, on an episode at some point. We'll have to work that out behind the scenes there. See if there's something that she'd be interested oh, yeah, in to promote that. She would love that. That'd be pretty awesome. So. So the next step we're going to take at this point uh, is we're going to go ahead and roll out into another break, come back and talk (laughs) about the music of Requies because I know that's something that's been a passion of hers, of course, as you've heard over the course of the uh, interview. So we want to let her talk about her music and things like that. So after these messages, we'll be right back. Listen, everybody, do me a quick favor. When you get done listening to this episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot, do me a favor go check out Mythos Podcast, done by the Rasko Brothers themselves. They get into geek stuff with them and their friends, and they talk about a lot of geek things. They talk about anime, Star Wars, you name it. They're going to talk about it. After that, do me a favor and check out the Crafting Cosplayers Podcast, where she talks not only Xena, but she talks geek stuff as well. So go check both of those out for me. Those are some awesome podcasts that you need to check out. And thank you so much for continuing to rock with us here at conversations about dot, 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 and go check those podcasts out as well. Thank you so much. And I'm sure they'll appreciate it as well. If you follow them up, take care. Hi, this is Shanice and you're listening to conversations about dot, dot, dot. And we're back kind of like a uh, power line coming out on a concert and goofy crashing to a stage. We have returned. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about requests music and the things she does. I know I got to see a cool video. I think it was on your page where you got uh, to sing a for pr- wedding? a wedding
0: proposal. For a friend an of
1: yours. it a wedding or an engagement.
0: Oh, school with. I reached out like literally like six months in advance and was like, "This is my plan. This is who I, I'm in love with and want to marry. Could you please, you know, would you be interested in singing at my proposal?" And I was like, "Yes, definitely. I love love. Like if I if I'm able to be included in someone's Aww. love, like it's ugh, it makes my heart melt. I love it."
1: Okay, all right. So, talk to us about your music. Now, have you been doing music? Have you been? Uh, I'm getting to the place where I'm imagining you kind of like spiral from the X-Men, because it's like, the more we talk, it's like the more arms you need to do the stuff you're doing. It's like, she's over here building computers with this set of arms. She's over here doing music with this set of arms. She's drawing stuff with this set of arms. She's controlling the remote to watch TV. Now she's writing and singing songs over here. It's just like this multiple arm woman with, all sorts of stuff going on at the <laughs> same it time
0: in phases like i'm not building computers anymore i mean i'm still a nerd i do um a lot of graphics and you know web design and i code and stuff but i'm not building computers anymore i don't even know how to build a computer anymore <laughs> but um i mean okay. music like music uh music has always been my first love um it's it's I I was born singing. Like, I'm pretty sure I came out of the womb and hit some sort of note. <laughs> um, it's like I've been writing songs since I was. Uh, I would probably say since I I remember. So, okay, let me clarify. I've always been that kid on the bus, in the back of the bus, who would just make up songs. So, you know, second grade, making up songs mm-hmm. about school lunch, uh, different experiences and just funny things, silly things. But I would always write songs um, and just record melodies on my little tape recorder. Um, I would find MIDI files. I don't know if anyone remembers mm-hmm. MIDI files, but I would download <laughs> them and they would be like anime MIDI files that like I would just find and then re- write my own new songs over and then record it. They were, they were horribly amazing, <laughs> but,
1: um, I like how you yeah. said that they're horribly but, amazing. Yeah, That's Music awesome.
0: has always been a love, you know, I grew up singing in the choir, of course, you know, like a lot of, of black girls do. Um, but for me, like mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it just, it just never, it never left my heart going, going to college. Um, I started actually, before I actually went to college, I started writing and reaching out to people in my area, just like, okay, hey, I want to do music. So I ended up, you know, meeting some people who did music. I was writing and recording songs in a closet, you know, with the mattress as the sound insulator. Yep. The sound. Uh, then Go- you know, I was in college right. and then I started uh, writing, you know, just my own projects and stuff. And then I ended up meeting through MySpace. I ended up meeting this guy and who was actually an engineer for Johnny Wright. And Johnny Wright was, like, the super producer behind Britney Spears, Instinct, Backstreet Boys. So I ended up just, you know, after school, go, you know, after college classes, going to Johnny Wright's house and working <laughs> in his studio uh, and, you know, walking by the, the lockers that were on, on his wall that were from the Britney Spears music video or walking by plaques and stuff. And I only met Johnny Wright one time, but just working with people that have worked with him and was amazing. And then that led me into uh, working in another recording studio in Orlando called Plush. And there, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I did the bulk of my, a lot of writing projects. I've written for artists and, um, you know, musicians and stuff with, you know, Sony, The Voice, Universal, uh, Def Jam, a lot of different projects while you know while i had my time in orlando and just being a you know being a singer and singing you know singing reference songs and you know trying to work on my own stuff like it's it's not easy especially bring a dark skin um singer songwriter um you know for me it it was a little Mm -hmm. rough you know i would have people oh you should change your name your name's too difficult or you know yeah, you're black, but you kind of sound white, you know, it's not, you know, it, it's, it just doesn't fit what we're looking for, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just, I've kind of been through it all. Um, I'm
1: still trying to figure out what sounding, quote, thing right. is, sounding I, yeah, white hey, sounds like.
0: You know, when you find out, <laughs> you let
1: me know. But <laughs> Okay, there we go. There's a commonality there. It's like I tell people all the time, look, is it <laughs> my fault that my mother gave me a bunch of readers' digests and said, Go find a word in word power and learn I mean, it before we leave the doctor's office and be able to spell it and give it give me I in a sentence?
0: I, I think I just it's have like, a unique voice. You know, and, I mean, you know, I'm not a Jennifer Hudson. Um, yeah. I'm you know, I'm not a Lauren Hill. Um and I, yeah, exactly. I don't need to be. You like, don't I need just, to be. I'm just myself. Like, you know, you, you rock with me or you don't. Yeah. But.
1: Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I heard it said once uh, there was a great uh, promo that I heard. I'm a big wrestling nut. So it was a big pr- wrestling promo I heard years ago. Uh, Chris Jericho was talking to Shawn Michaels. They were setting up a few. they were going to be going into WrestleMania with. And at one point, they talked about how a lot of people were comparing me to you for the longest time. They kept saying, you know, he could be the Canadian Shawn Michaels and everything like that. But he said, at some point, I looked in the mirror one day and said, maybe I don't want to be the next Canadian Shawn Michaels. Maybe I don't want to be the next Shawn Michaels. Maybe I want to be the first Chris Jericho. So it's kind of that idea of, like, you know, I appreciate the fact that you love what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I'm not here to be compared. Like, God didn't give me the same stuff they gave he gave her or he gave him. So I'm not here to be compared to them.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I've got to be me, you know. So, you know, it's, it's okay that you're not Jennifer Hudson. I I, I don't think <laughs> I would ever get Jennifer Hudson on a podcast. So <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, the offer's out there if she wants to come on, <laughs> but I, I don't know that that'll ever happen. But I said, you know, I'm glad to talk to the point.
0: Yeah. Music music brought me into so so many different like opportunities and places. Um, It's really, it it is so such a big part of my life. Like, everything I do, you know, kind of circles back around to music. You know, even the fashion stuff, um, my, my cosplay stuff, everything. Like, I just to just to kind of love myself more, and just wanting to be uh, a a singer songwriter. That is, I'm a nerd, also. You know, like we're we're here. You know, Megan The Stallion is not the only All one. Right. You know, um, there's a lot of people that have have yeah. been around, and just you know, if I could if I could be that artist, you know, t- that represents. If I could be the Rihanna of the nerds, like I, my life would be complete. <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go new moniker to the, the continuation of the things you know singer songwriter superhero <laughs> right rihanna to nerd uh,
0: but I, it's still, i mean music is always like a work in progress like I, I released an album that i've i've now been working on some new content for so i'll be you know further promoting that my that work pretty soon but you can find me on Title, Spotify, Apple Music. Like I'm, I'm streaming everywhere. I, I had a great, great opportunity to okay. work with a lot of amazing artists. Um, you know, big name artists. I've written for some really cool people. Um, and I was on Trina's album uh, a couple months ago that was released. Um, and that was amazing. And she's going through some crazy stuff right now. But you know, that's that's a, that's another that's another story. Trina.
1: And Trina's been around for a bit like Trina, Trina's not a new right. Like Trina's not a new she's name Trina's amazing. been around she's for a like while the
0: person. and she's so beautiful in person I mean she's mm-hmm. beautiful in in you know online too but seeing her in person I was just like wow she is gorgeous yeah.
1: she is definitely to <laughs> she quote is, herself she is. she's the baddest chick um, I- and there we go
0: I've had my music featured on, the part. on shows like Orange Is the New Black, Meet the Fosters, um, Odd Mom Out. Like I've I've been able to do some really cool things um, as a freelance singer songwriter, and you know I'm just hoping to just get okay. more and more opportunities. Like I I performed in Tokyo in two late 2018. That was a dream come true.
1: Okay, you got... We got hold yeah. on. You performed, <laughs> performed in, in Tokyo. Tokyo. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. Let's, let's unpack that a bit. How did that happen? Because I'm thinking, especially for a person of color, uh, that would be different.
0: Yeah, I guess. Um, so I had this dream to go to Tokyo, and I saved up, um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Tokyo. I, I woke up at like 2 o'clock in the morning. I booked a flight to Tokyo, and, you know, I, I went by myself and, you know, before I went, I was like, you know what, I would love, it would be a dream come true to perform and you know, my song and do some music in Tokyo. So um, I ended up um, just posting, doing some posts that I was going to be out there um, and ended up getting booked at uh, the Ruby Room, which is a really cool venue in Shibuya. And the booking agent spoke English, mm-hmm. so I mean, a lot of people in Japan speak English, but he—he awesome. he was actually, I think, I think Australian. Right. Um, so you know, it was easy to communicate. And then I ended up booking a show, and coincidentally, a friend of oh, mine wow. who's also a cosplayer, who I met in New York, she, her and her friends just so happened to be in Tokyo the same time I was there. So I had, I had people. It was it was so random. What? So I had people <laughs> I knew that were able to come to the show. Oh, my God. And see me perform. It was awesome. Yeah.
1: That's really cool. Yes. It, it was, was so, a built-in and cheering and section. And,
0: you know, my show was received <laughs> well. Like, I met some cool people and a couple of other cool musicians. Um, so that was great. Um, and But for, for the most part, like, I've performed at a lot of places in D.C. I performed for the National Cherry Blossom Festival. I performed in the National Independence Day Parade. Okay. Um I you know was featured when I performed for the Cherry Blossom Festival I was on national television I was like the, one of the main performers um who opened the parade which was amazing Uh I oh, wow. performed in New York you know obviously Florida um a lot of just different places uh and a lot of the, the places that I performed I've been the only pop artist especially Anytime I perform in D.C., I'm always the only pop artist, which, you know, there's not a lot of pop here. So it, it has I will be honest, it has been a little discouraging since I moved back here with music because I haven't really been able to meet and work with um, okay. a lot of musicians the way I have in, uh, in other states. Uh, but with that, like, you know, I've still been pushing, still been still been able to book shows, still been working on stuff. Um, I have have met a few people recently, which I've been working with, who just kind of relit that flame because you know sometimes like things happen i've i got screwed over with you know a couple of projects uh in 2018 through 2019 so i was kind of depressed for a while but then you know i was just like all right time to snap out of it all right new music you got to work on some new stuff you got to get some stuff out there you just you know you got to work on some new content so i mean i 2020 came around and i was just like all right you know it's time. We, we got we to gotta work harder. We got to grind harder. and We got to get, get that, you know, get our wings back.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you know, people always say, you know, they, they tell the story of Icarus, and they always say, well, Icarus got too close to the sun, so his wings melted, and he fell down. And it's just like, okay, so where's the other side of that story? Right. Did he get back up? <laughs> What did he rebuild some more wings? What did he do? Like, I mean, the moral of the story is he got too close to the sun, even though he was told he had wax wings. He got too close to the sun and they melted. Okay, I get that, and I fully understand what you're trying to say, but well, like, shouldn't have I mean, order that. Was
0: a different situation. <laughs> like, that was more so like the warning of of you know that's kind of like when when stars who are who are who are big or people who are arrogant, you know they're warned and they, they get too close to the sun. It's just like, all right, you know, you burnt out, but I think it's different for people who, um, Fair you enough. know, who are humble and who are just like, you know, I I just want to work. I just want to do, do what I love. And I want to work hard for that. And then, you know, bad things happen. Sometimes bad things happen to good people, you know, people get screwed over, things happen that discourage you, that, you know, put you in a place of depression that, that really, you know, kind of, Take you from, you know, from eight, you know, 20 feet in the air and knock you down to two feet. Like it's a lot of things happen. And I think what it is mm-hmm. is, you know, as creatives and as, as people who are passionate about what they love and what they love to do, it's how long are you going to stay depressed? How long are you going to stay in that bad place? Because, yes, it's perfectly OK that you're here, but you're eventually you're going to need to get out of this. Eventually, you're going to, you know, where that door closed, you're going to need to open a window, you know, so. Um, and for me, like,
1: yeah.
0: you know, I did lose some time being in a not so great place, but that's, you know, uh, that's what friends are for. And, you know, people who believe in you to help you kind of get out of uh, that rut. So, you know, that's kind of where I am. Like, I, yeah. I, hey, stuff happens. And so, you know, with all that, it, it's now time to put all that Put all the past, all the bad stuff that happened in the past behind you, and you know, move forward. Like you know, aside from yeah. being screwed over, like I, I had all my music stolen. You know, I, I was, I in the the end of two thousand eighteen. You know, was two thousand eighteen? Uh, yeah, yeah, two thousand eighteen, December, right before Christmas. I was leaving a studio session, and you know, drove home, and I so I had all my music equipment. I had a laptop. I had everything of musical value on me with me and you know I pull into my uh, pull into my driveway and then I'm robbed at gunpoint and then they stole my car drove away with all my stuff so I lost everything you know I couldn't get all that stuff back lost all my music you know lost all a lot of files all my video footage from Tokyo and all this everything everything every show I had that was you know video that was on that hard drive gone and so you know that that put me in a bad place but Now I'm at the point where it's just like, all right, all I can do is meet some dope new people and build new content. And, you know, there's still more I have to share with the world. You know, my music, there's always someone who hasn't heard my music. And I'm always writing new music. I'm always working on, you know, new songs. There's always an emotion that I need to get out and write a song about that could help someone else. So that's, you know, even with music, that's kind of where my superhero aspect comes in, too. Like, I love writing uplifting music, like, if you listen to my album, I, I wrote a whole album about heartbreak, but it doesn't end with heartbreak. It ends with like, alright, okay. I, I was heartbroken, but now, you know what? It's time to get over this, and time to, you know, it, I gotta smile again. So, that everything, right. you know, my whole mantra, singer-songwriter-superhero, to me, I believe everything I do is all fused in together. And it, it all, you know, music is Okay. is the the silver crystal <laughs> within it all.
1: Okay. Well, I will um, first of all, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on here, man. This has really been awesome. And I know we could probably talk for a longer period of time. I know you've got things you got to do. <laughs> i got to edit this show beyond other stuff because uh, I just got another message from my manager at work concerning overtime and all this craziness but that's neither here nor there that's a whole nother issue outside of the show um <laughs> but anyway i want to forget record special so again thank you so much i know we had some we were playing some tag trying to get to each other the other week and i'm glad we we're able to get this worked out to where we could get you back once we got yeah. you back in the states and everything um before we go i have one very important question to ask and it's real simple um Sometimes I do like lightning rounds. But I'm doing that today. If you could tell your younger self, let's say ten-year-old voice, something,
0: I would. Tell what would them, that be? You are destined to be a singer, songwriter, superhero. Don't let anyone else don't don't let anyone's thoughts, feelings, anything get in the way of of your destiny. Screw everybody else.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, and the mic dropped there. All right, so where can our audience find oh, you, you in find the land of social media? Twitter, medias?
0: Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Slash Rokoi R O Q U O I S. So I G Rokoi, Twitter I uh, Twitter Rokoi, Facebook Recoy. YouTube Rokoi. Uh, You can actually go to recoy.com. and you can also look me up on your favorite streaming service, Spotify, title, Apple music, just type in my name, Recoy. that's R O Q U O I S. And you will find me. I'm the only one.
1: All right. And, 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 and nothing wrong with being the only one, (laughs) being the one and only is a good thing. And so, um, thank you again for being willing to come on conversations about dot 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 and having a conversation with me about the things you love and sharing it with the rest of the world, because I think we all need to be reminded that we may get knocked down in this thing called life, but even whether we're cosplaying, whether we're geek loving, whether we're doing whatever we're doing, we got to be willing to get back up. Uh, Whatever help we need to get there is important, but we got to get back up. Like, you know, um, we just, we got to, we got to get back up. We have an enemy that would love to keep us down, but we've got to, we got to get back up. So that's important. So thank you so much for coming on. And above all else, guys, as always, and you know, you, if you've, if you've heard one episode of the show, you've heard me say it on every episode. and I will continue to say it as long as I'm breathing, because I believe in it. Be blessed to be a blessing thank thank to somebody, guys. Take care.